I don't get it. Does, <laughs> Never mind. Is that when your butt spins around the opposite way when you're in Australia? Sure. Yes. Huh. The opposite way from what? <laughs> With the normal from how spins. it normally spins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 217 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games and sometimes hot dogs. I think it's twice. Never, it is literally Yeah, has it ever been? Dogs. I don't we, remember it talked about hot dogs being about hot dogs. At least twice. But we talk about farts sometimes, and I wouldn't say that those episodes are podcasts about farts. There's heads video up games, hot dogs. Fart. There you go. Did you guys see the video of uh, at fart on uh, yes. Twitter? Who oh, got, I've, uh, I've got, got it open in a tab, but I haven't watched it a, yet. As an expert, yeah. uh, it's pretty good. There's a, I, I, with a username like at fart, you'd think that would be like constantly being under hack attempts. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, Twitter is secure at AF. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only as secure as as the rest of your accounts. If you like, a lot of people will use the same password for everything. Oh yeah, I do that. I'm sure yeah. somebody who's got at fart is using two off. Yeah, yeah. You 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 got to lock that shit down. Exactly. You don't want to just. I mean, it is like a big bullseye painted on you. Yep. Well, there was the, somebody who had what as what the, a single letter or whatever. Yeah, they had like at, at n or something and. Got hacked got and blackmailed. Hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is the <clears> same <throat> one, but there was a... I, I read a Wired article written by someone who had been hacked, and it was like... like I think it was uh, um, the result of some pretty egregious like mismanagement on the part of Apple. Yeah, the, that, that was exactly... It was like the credit... The, like Apple would give out credit card, last four of credit card, and somebody else would give out social. Like it was... Yeah, the, yeah, if yeah. If you knew... If you knew just a little bit of information, you could get all kinds of additional uh, ins to things. Right. I got another PDF in my email yesterday that was just somebody's social security number and driver's license, just some tax form that they had filled out hmm. and then mailed to me because they thought I was them. Oh, not because they thought you were the government. I got an email today that uh, they were sending me a new debit card. Okay. Uh, because my old one had been the subject of some sort of a uh, some sort of an intrusion, and fuck, that's probably being mailed to the post office. Decided that I was not allowed to get mail anymore for a little while, so that was cool. I <laughs> set up a temporary forward, and then when the forward ended, they started bouncing physical mail. I got an email from my homeowners insurance company that said, "Hey, we tried to send you mail, and it didn't go through." Is that how does that house still exist? Because that seems like something that we, as the homeowners insurance company, <laughs> should know. know right. So you can just set it up again. You yeah, set another mail temporary. I do need to set up another temporary forward, but mail started showing up again. I guess. Who knows though, man? They're sending me a new credit card. You can keep using your new credit, your your old credit card until the new one arrives. But I want to just keep using it forever because I don't care about that intrusion <laughs> until it amounts to something. What I do care about is having to like reset up all of my recurring payments and stuff and like having my credit wrecked by things not getting paid for because I don't know that they've stopped being paid for. It's but as a debit card, card they're actually spending your money, right? Like that's way more dangerous than a credit card. Yeah, the bank protects you to some extent. Yeah. I think they probably wouldn't if you didn't activate a new card that It's happened have. multiple times and that's it's not a big deal. Like it it just isn't a big deal. That like 
The hassles of dealing with security are always, always worse in terms of the amount of time they take than the hassles associated with, like, your security being breached. We have, we have had hundreds of times the downtime as a result of updates, like mm-hmm. security updates to software that we have had as a result of attacks owing to out-of-date software. You should like try to get that more in balance. Entirely like, unambiguous. Get some hackers in there to, yeah. to get, give you some... <laughs> we need a better classic criminal. Right. I think, I think we, are, we are just not a high-priority target, right? Any given person is not a high-priority target, is my point. Like, it well, doesn't... If you have, if you have like, money, you're Your data gets target. breached all the time, and it doesn't matter. <clears throat> what I'm saying is that if they send you a card and you don't activate it, and then someone steals money from you, they might be less inclined to, to protect you because... Mm-hmm they already did protect you by sending you a new card, right? And so, does that make sense? Probably to them and other boring bureaucrat <laughs> mathematicians. I, I, I think the card, like, automatically gets disabled, so there's not much he can do in, mm. ter- in terms of, like, saying, fuck your procedure, I'd want to keep using this. Yeah. I, uh, I did have my debit card declined. Uh, I was trying to buy a plastic skull. Oh, it's yeah. very embarrassing. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't know what's up with that. I guess I'll just use cash to buy this plastic skull. This happened recently? Yes. When I was at the skull store. Okay. I was at Target. But the to me, store. it's the skull store. <laughs> That's the only thing there that I care about. So what happens if you try to ride a train? I don't need no credit card to do that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. How much was the plastic skull? It's like four dollars. Nice. Okay. Was it was it a good well, looking it? plastic skull? Oh, it's a good looking plastic skull. It has a hinged jaw and testicles Ooh. and everything. <laughs> skull nuts. Skull I think nuts. they're called. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys my idea of truck nuts that you would put on your cigarettes? No. To make smoking cigarettes more manly. <laughs> Really, just that, like, have balls hitting you in the chin every time you took a drag? Yeah, that's the whole idea. That's, okay. There's not much more to it than that. Drag nuts. Drag nuts. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. You get nuts nuts, like <laughs> a cock ring with some oh, extra man. low-hanging nuts on it. I need that. <laughs> wow. I thought you meant for, like, individual cashews. <laughs> you could put them on those, <laughs> that's too. That's good, too. That's the thing about, you could put it on anything, you know? It's true. You can put your nuts on anything. It's great. That is like probably my favorite thing about nuts <laughs> is that you can put them on a Sunday. You can put them on a brownie. You can. What else do you put nuts on, guys? Tea bag. Uh, uh, <laughs> right. The counter. I mean, yeah, you could definitely put them on that. I don't. Put know. them in a ramekin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You need a. You need a. I need more of a monkey dish. Uh-huh. <laughs> ramekin can't contain. The amount of nuts I like to have. It's, it's not so much that needs to contain it. It just needs to be present next to, adjacent to huh. some nuts, right? For, the, for, for them to be in My the ramekin, ramekin I think over. that the ramekin would wow. have to contain them, though, okay. right? It's not like I put some nuts on a ramekin. Uh, so when you plate food, you're putting it... You put things on a plate, you put things in a bowl, you think? That's the... Even though they're topologically identical. If you bowl food... That's just you throwing don't, you it down. You go bowling is the same as is that the same as going plating? 
I was in a joke. I was in a thrift shop a couple of weeks ago, and I found this like this. It was like a plastic platform with six indentations in it in sort of a triangle shape, and miraculously the batteries still worked. And I was like like pushing at the buttons on the indentations, trying to figure out what it was. Uh huh. And like each button, like a voice played, like it, like this this indentation has a personality. Um. And eventually I realized that if I pushed all the buttons all at once, um, and a jingle would play. And then if I removed one or more of the, my fingers from the buttons, it would play the sound of like a bowling, bowling pins being knocked down. What the fuck? And if I removed them all at once, it would uh, like get excited. Uh, like it was a strike. Uh, huh. It, this was a like I felt like I was playing Mist. It was a great puzzle, <laughs> figuring it out what this machine is. This broken machine is for. Was it like a multiplayer? No, it, it's just like to pl- to bowl in your house. You're supposed to put bowling pins on top of it, and the pins like the switches they talk were to meant you. to be. This the important thing is when the switches get turned off oh. because you've knocked. Yeah, the like pin it'll off. they'll talk to you as you place them. Like let's let's go, guys. Hey, what's up? Oh. Hey, nice pin. Let's. Hey, so it cool. wasn't that the voice was continuous. Like it wasn't. Oh like yeah. A, <laughs> hey, good balls. I was I was imagining like some they sort just of conversation. Con- screaming continuously yeah. as long as they're <laughs> yeah. on the platform. Is there? Let's get this thing rolling. On the screen? Oh God, no! That's just that. That's just <laughs> telling us that there's low batteries in the mouse and the keyboard. Huh. So yeah, no. that keyboard. It's real important that that be wireless. It's not important. It just is. Mm-hmm. Do you use a wireless mouse and keyboard, Jim? Nope. Yeah, me neither. I like wires. I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I use a wireless keyboard with my phone. That's true. I've seen you do it. It works pretty well. Huh. Have you stopped sending out minutes from the conference calls? Yeah, it only took you six months to notice. Well, I didn't. I mean. <laughs> yep. I was just seeing how long until anyone said anything. It took six months. Have you been storing them up? Like I have them. I've been taking them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, st- I was like. I was going to say. One week I forgot <laughs> to send them out. And I was like, huh, no one said anything. We'll see how long this takes. <laughs> so, uh, well. Yeah. I'm glad our listeners were here for this. Yeah. Reveal. Does that make you really <laughs> mad at me? No. Does it make you hate me? No. I mean, I, like, all I occasionally things. go back and look at them, so I guess it's good to have some record. But I did notice, by, because I went to search for something, and I noticed that th- they weren't there, but you weren't around, so I didn't ask you. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, I haven't gotten one of those in a really long time. Are you do just going to send them all out to all of us now? Yeah. Just I'll do, send the whole backlog. Do you, do you want them, or do you, do you not want them? I did occasionally use them, even though I never thanked you for them. Okay. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if they were useful to anybody or not. So. Do you guys want to do some listeners' uh, video games mails? Sure. sure. All right. Professional bread maker says, "How do I make bread?" I would hope that you already knew that. <laughs> Riff, you're the only one of us that's made bread, except for Kevin. Uh, I don't know, Jim. So half of us. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only uh, one of us who hasn't made bread. My my mom gave me a bread maker for Christmas one year, and I followed. Really count as making bread? Oh man, but sorry, but I put all the ingredients in the bread maker, and bread came out. Sure, I would not. I would not really describe the stuff that comes out of a bread maker as bread. Oh, it was so bready. It was like a sort of a moist groad loaf. <laughs> okay, my experience with the bread maker was huh. clearly better than yours. Yeah, you, maybe you needed a different recipe without so I much mean, You might have had a bread maker. 
<laughs> so so here's the trick. I haven't tried this. It's true. It was a bunch of just little metal wedges that came out after. I- <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried this trick, but like the problem with the bread maker is that the loaf that comes out is like a cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but here's what you can do. After the, the bread maker auto needs the bread, you just take the dough out and you put it in a bread pan. And you bake it. Oh, and then you, I was going to say, no. leave it out until. So you're it, just it using it as a dough. And you have a loaf shaped loaf. loaf. Yeah. Um, that's not what I did, though. I didn't bother because I don't give a shit what my bread is shaped like. <laughs> did you just use. Did you make two loaves and then make an extremely dense sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. I didn't try that. I, I, I had nothing but great experiences with my bread maker. Like everything that came out of it was delicious. And that's why I don't use it anymore because I was like eating way too much bread. <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, this I, is. I love like an extra bread thousand so calories much. I ate yeah, today. Yeah, my 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 diet that I am meant to be on and have to get back on now that con season is just about over does not permit bread, <laughs> and that makes me sad. Do you need to get your con body ready? <laughs> well, uh, my my non-con body. Yeah. Oh right, sorry. Wait, so you try to be in good shape for the times when you don't see any girls? <laughs> I I try to be in good shape, but unpredictable eating situations surrounding cons makes my diet makes yeah. my low carb diet pretty much impossible. So I, I give up I on it I during you this time. Nothing but cookies, Riff. Yeah, there were there so. were cookies right there. And they were the exactly the kind of like big fat oatmeal raisin cookies that I goddamn love. So of course I ate them. <laughs> yeah, the I'm really good at sticking to a diet, really any diet, as long as I'm not around people. Yeah, because like if if people are around, we're gonna go get dinner. Yep. Or like <laughs> they're gonna offer me some like delicious food. Like fine, I'll eat the fucking food. <laughs> The diet that I found makes affordances for that, yeah, and it's very easy to stick to as a result of that. Why well, don't you tell us about that diet? Uh, no, I don't really want to because it makes me sound like a crazy. It doesn't asshole. at all. It's a totally reasonable thing. I don't understand why you feel that way. Anyway, you can find it online. You can read the guy's manifesto. Uh, <laughs> Reinhardt Schro- Schrader, uh, Reiner Knizia's. <laughs> no S diet is the name of it. Vlada Chvatil's don't eat so much bread, you asshole. It's not even about not eating bread. It's just about not snacking or eating like candy and shit, except on the weekends. Um, anyway, it's the no S diet. The basic premise of it is that you just during the week, you just have three meals and that's it. Just three plates of food per day, per day. An important, yeah. That's an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> And no, uh, it's like, what is it? The, the S is no snacks, sweets, or seconds, except sometimes on Saturdays, Sundays, and special days. And I just ignore the special days part. Like, you're allowed to break it every once in a while. Like, if you go to a birthday party, you have a fucking piece of cake so that you're not a dick. Uh, but I basically never, I never used that. Like, But the, there's also like a provision for the amount of alcohol you're supposed to drink in that and that's a different ig- that's a different system which i ignore completely no yeah. and i feel like if i didn't if i did that i would lose weight all the time i would not exist anymore because i would have vanished i don't believe that but okay yeah well anyway uh it's a way to stop getting fatter over time that i discovered and you can find it on the internet at that guy's no s diet met weird 
Yeah, I think you have to have a particular webpage. You have to have a particular com. mentality about it, though, because if you're going to like, well, I'm just going to buy bigger plates or whatever, <laughs> yeah. then this is not eat the right out of a kind garbage of can but lid. He, he addresses that. Sure. Don't eat out of a garbage can lid. Right. <laughs> yes. They're gross. You don't don't decide gross. that dinner yeah. is thirty chocolate bars. <laughs> well, that's a sweet. But it's like it just gets you to the point where like potatoes. When somebody says, do you want dessert? Like if you're at a restaurant and the waiter says, can I bring you a dessert menu? Fucking of course you can. I'll eat fucking dessert all the goddamn time. Every single time. Yes. Yes, I want dessert. I'm like a machine programmed by billions of years of evolution to want a dessert. (laughs) Of course I do. But that becomes, what day is it? Saturday? Yeah, sure. I'll take a look at a dessert menu. Tuesday? No, thank you. Like... You just don't have to make the decisions anymore because they've been made for you by Gregory, <laughs> inventor of the week. <laughs> I don't know. Is the, is the, do we use the Rasputin calendar? Well, that would be. That would be I mean, he was extremely healthy to the point of being nearly unkillable and had a yeah, huge dick. So, and he lived a really long time because yeah. he got to invent his own calendar. <laughs> I'm going to live to be a billion. Also, I've invented this new calendar where each year is four days long. <laughs> I probably still not a billion. No, you're not going to live four billion days. You could you're, try. You're trying to do the math in your head, but you can't. <laughs> it's because of my, the integer. Don't limits let him in my tell brain. you what you can't do, listeners. Jason says. <laughs> Hey, I just got into World of Warcraft. I was wondering what realm slash fashion you play as. Uh, as I found a KOL forum post from 06 where you, Zach Riff, and Kevin were talking about uh, being in some honor guild on Dune Mall. Is that still a thing? Anyway, thanks a bunch. Wow. That was a really long... That was nine years ago mm. that we were in... Yeah. What I miss was, World of Warcraft. What, what <laughs> yeah, you do. Kevin can't play it anymore because he has an addictive personality. I love it so much. That's why he can't have uh, muffins in the house because he'll eat all of them. That's not true at all. Oh, Whereas that's I another am, like, thing. Is it Sunday? If, if I'm then I'll like, have a muffin. If I'm living with people, that ruins my diet too. Oh they, yeah. They will have like, oh well, I I baked cookies. Fuck you. Seems like just. <laughs> it seems like the thing that ruins your you life is the lack of discipline. Is is what's it's is so what's much easier it. to have discipline when like people aren't shoving cookies in my face. When you don't, <laughs> do, you, do they literally shove cookies in your face? Sometimes do they? Do they? So, some, do some, they? Sometimes. I mean, that does happen. Sometimes they metaphorically shove cookies in my face. So okay. what you want is to live with people who are inconsiderate and never offer you anything. That would be amazing. Okay. Uh, I I don't still play World of Warcraft. Riff, do you uh, play any I, World of Warcraft? I play I. Well, when I play, I play on Alaria on Alliance side, but I have not played for a long, for a while. I I haven't even finished the content in the most recent expansion. I will probably I'm still paying for the goddamn thing, which is dumb. Yeah, me too. But I I will probably when when the next one rolls out, I'll get on it for a month and play until I'm done and then quit again. Yep, that is what I will do too. I, I play just as long as it takes me to get through the content of each expansion. Yep. Kevin quit after Burning Crusade because he couldn't he couldn't be trusted. <laughs> I couldn't be trusted. That's about where I where I am too, yeah. I got through, I don't know, whatever the level cap is for that, and then played a little bit of the, the next one, the icy one, and then like I I as soon as they added achievements I knew I couldn't do this anymore. I, yeah, I left before achievements. You're terrified to log on because you'll get all those achievements. I doubt I would get all of them. You've already earned so many sick chivos. 
Ah, I'm really glad you never started smoking cigarettes because you would already be dead. You think? Yeah. <laughs> he, he would have invented a machine that allowed him to smoke more cigarettes at once extra efficiently <laughs> without losing any of the tar. Well, you've got all these extra holes in your body. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Now, now you can hear those gears turning. <laughs> I burned some toast uh, this week. Badly enough that the toast was literally on fire. Oh, wow. Um, and that was when I realized that, like, I had disabled, like, every individual smoke detector near the <laughs> kitchen because they were all like, okay, this one's annoying. I'll, I'll disconnect it. Okay, this one's annoying. I'll disconnect it. And like, oh, now, wait, there's actually a fire in the kitchen. And if I hadn't been there to see it, that might have been really bad. I also have disabled the smoke detector closest to the kitchen because it was annoying. <laughs> right. Uh, like, don't they make smoke detectors with like a snooze button i don't know like that would be you'd think that that would would just fix the problem and still be safe yeah i remember arguing in a philosophy class once that a smoke detector was rudimentarily conscious because it's aware of its surroundings yeah it reacts to stimuli Huh. Does it try to does it try to uh replicate itself? Well, it does, is, it's not a is it's it, not a Is it like something to be a smoke detector? You're conscious and you don't want to replicate yourself. Uh, parts of me do. <laughs> well, sure, like the boner parts. <laughs> oh, like Napoleon. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Woo. <clears throat> RNG he ate me, right? Jick. I think you mean Zach. I feel like you're the one who showed me the light on referential humor. You were able to articulate why just quoting a piece of culture verbatim is not typically witty. I think you've said you strive to distinguish between the two in your game writing, so thank you for articulating my gut feeling on this. So now you may have guessed, I am going to dis Ernest Klein. I realize where the line is drawn on what is parroting and why a sly or witty reference is different for each person. So for me, at least, Armada and Family Guy are clearly parroting, whereas Ready Player One falls into a more gray area, Imho. Personally, I liked Ready Player One, but Armada went too far. To me, it was really boiled down to just saying lines from a sci-fi movie or mentioning a character, planet, or race without the context of a good plot. Like in Ready Player One, it just kind of hangs there. I mean... Yeah, did you read Armada? I, I think that's I did. Fair. I haven't read Armada, but that 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 seems like a reasonable... Do you think Imho is short for Imhotep? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Also, he's invisible. Oh. Um, I didn't really feel that way about... I mean, I thought the story was, I guess, a little weaker in that... I, I mean, I think maybe it's easier for that guy to tell a story in a like sort of speculative future version of the world than it is the present and sort mm-hmm. of backfilling a lot of history... But, I mean, it was just, like, it's all just genre fiction. Like, the story doesn't, you know, it's just kind of set pieces about flying a spaceship. It's, like, it was fine, and it was just characters talking to each other about stuff, as opposed to, like, it... There was no exciting contest involved? There, there was, there, there, like... To me, this, like, here's this character and, like, the fate of the world is going to come down on how good this person is at joust. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not worse than the fate of the world is going to come down on how good this person is at a video game that I made up. Like, it is easier to understand when it's joust, right? Because you, you, you have that touchstone already. I do really like the idea of them making a movie of Ready Player One, and in the middle of the movie, just the entirety of War Games plays. Yeah. 
That's, <laughs> I mean, isn't it Spielberg directing it or producing it or something? He might have the clout to do that. <laughs> There's a part of Ready Player One where the main character is forced to reenact war games from beginning to end. And the fact that he has memorized all of the lines in war games and is able to perfectly replicate all of Matthew Broderick's actions and dialogue is what allows the plot to continue. Does the book just include the script to war games? Well, it jumps, it, you know, it jumps past it. Okay. But the movie, you can't just jump around in time in a movie. Yeah, Audiences yeah. will have you no just, idea what you're talking about. You just say you cut to a really sweaty guy wiping his brow. It's like, huh, that's over with. <laughs> oh, yeah? What would that mean? Like, that would mean why is that guy tired? I didn't see him do anything exciting, that yeah. made him get tired. I wonder know? if they'll... I don't they'll, get it, Jim. I wonder Maybe if they'll use actual clips. Brow, or like you do the... I, was, I I wonder if they're they're going to the use actual, actual yeah actual clips from war games, but with the actor playing dude digitally edited in to replace Broderick. The other thing you do is have like a nine-year-old um, Mary Kate Olsen say like, "Oh, he'll never finish reenacting war games," and then you smash cut to him being done reenacting war games, and then she's eighteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> That wow, he he must have taken him a lot of tries, yeah. or there was a really extended director's cut of War Games that we didn't know about. <laughs> it's it, it's just nine years of the computer like cycling through all the different possible like <laughs> scenarios. This is a genre where like uh, you upload like oh here's the the receiver off the hook tone for ten hours to YouTube. True. Right. Yeah, yeah. This could be like war games for nine years on YouTube. Uh, tell us, as, as avid listeners slash video game players, my girlfriend and I have hit upon an itch to try making games in a mostly exploratory fashion. Could you give us your 30-second rundown of current tools slash dev methods? Like, how are basic indie games made now? Go to, um, I forget how to spell this, but it's Sorting Hat with a dot somewhere in there. It's a website that Zoe Quinn made that's really, uh, it's pretty comprehensive in terms of like ask like in terms of taking like what kind of game you want to make and turning that into here's a set of tools to use yeah i mean there's a there's a really wide 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 range of possible things from text based things like twine yeah to fully featured 3d game engines like unreal or whatever and yeah. And Almost honestly, anything like, in between. Like a game like Mario Maker, where you yeah. can make Mario levels, that totally counts as game development. Uh, puzzle script for making little Sokoban-style puzzle games. I mean, Super accessible. probably the most common thing that indie shops use now is Unity, right? Probably, yeah. But you have like to if, have you're, a, if you're actually going to sell it, yeah. yeah but you have to have a big... You know, you have to have a pretty significant programming background to do that. Like, you can make a game in Game Maker without knowing a lot of programming, but it's not going to be very good unless you know some. You're probably going to learn programming over the course of making the game if you keep at it. <laughs> you'll have to. Yeah. Like, you'll want to do something that Game Maker can't do with its sort of Lego Mindstorms drag and drop features. And... But there are a lot of games that have been out and successful that have been made with Game Maker. Yeah, so. like Hotline Miami and Tom Francis's Gunpoint and Tom Francis's Heat Signature. I want Tom Francis to start naming all of his games a la Clive Barker or Tom <laughs> American Clancy. Clancy yeah. Tom Clancy's. Mm. Uh, 
I was also thinking all the Vlambeer games. Oh, are they Game Maker? I believe so. I think they, they start out as Game Maker games, but before they get released, they get... Um, Ported? Recoded uh, to be native applications, yeah. Sometimes, really? I mean, I think that Tom was talking about that having been done to... Because yeah. you can't put Game Maker games on consoles, so... I don't think that's true anymore. Okay. But yeah, Tom, like, well, the reason Tom Francis, like, he just, after Gunpoint sold a bunch, he just paid a porting team to, like, just make a version of this that I can put everywhere yeah. and is stable. Because it was a, kind of a crashy game for a while. Hmm. Same thing happened with uh, V, with VVVVV, uh, however many Vs it is. Um, Come on. The letter V6Tim.es. Right, that. Uh, and McPixel. Um, so is in the middle of porting that to uh, C++. One pixel at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds terrible. Have you guys played any video games? Speaking of McPixel? Hmm, I played a video game. Oh, also, I uh, released my non-video game that is based on a video game to the internet. The uh, instructional file and write-up for my ridiculous alternate Pokemon rules have been posted to uh, minimumsafedistance.org, available online at minimumsafedistance.org, if anybody wants those. Um... The thing that I have started playing is um, a virtual novel on the PS Vita called Stein's Gate. Have you? Is there any chance that you guys have heard of this? I've heard the name. Nope. It's, um, it's a bike riff. It is well. The story has to do with these three college students who are super into anime and role playing and shit, and but they're uh, they're like science and physics students. And in the course of their sort of mad scientist anime role-playing, they accidentally invent a machine that allows them to send text messages back in time. And then the, the sort of butterfly effect of time travel shenanigans happens and everything starts spiraling out of control. Huh. Um, it's, does, it start, does it start with them getting weird text messages? Uh, or does that not enter into the, into the story until they can... It starts with um, the main character witnessing some things, and then all of a sudden those things have not happened, and nobody else who was there remembers them, uh, mm-hmm. as though he has fallen into a different timeline somehow. And then, and then gradually things things start to become more clear. Um, the only story that I've read that um, feels that like t- takes that conceit of sending messages back in time and actually feels like it it thinks the whole thing through is one where uh, someone gets the superpower of seeing a month into the future, and he has the idea. Well, I'll just um, I'll just copy down like in a month I'll just copy down what I see from a month from then and so it's just a letter propagating back in time oh, however many months it takes that was an idea someone brought up in the recent like there is a recent meme floating around with like these six or eight different colored pills with of, that was that it that was the one superpowers yeah that was that was exactly it and and the, the first time he does this he ends up getting a message from his future self at the heat death of the universe Mm-hmm. about how I fucked this up, don't do it like I did. <laughs> uh, I actually really liked that story. I thought it was really well done. But Yeah. 
but go on with with your lesser <laughs> lesser visual novel. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten uh, far enough in it yet. To, I I have gotten to the point in the story when they are discovering and trying to figure out they they discovered that they have made this thing and trying and are trying to figure out how it works and and doing experiments to try and replicate the behavior while also trying to hack into CERN laboratories who they believe are also working on a time travel device and that and that are at the hub of this giant conspiracy um but so far it's it's pretty interesting it it sort of marries the sort of government conspiracy time travel plots with just the sort of anime goofiness created by and sort of self-referentialness created by these characters being huge anime dorks right um so and it's a lot of fun war games um there there's out so there's an anime by the same name which i had started watching and then decided to stop because i didn't want to spoil the plot of the game i don't know i don't know if the anime came first or the game came first but uh yeah Neither it's it's, it's pretty good it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have any gameplay elements the way that like danganronpa has the the truck the courtroom scenes or like um uh like uh, uh virtue's last reward had the room escape sequences it's just entirely visual novel and i i don't think i've even reached like a branching choice point yet although i'm not entirely positive which is weird really so you're just thumbing through text yeah entirely just thumbing through text looking at the pictures reading the dialogue but besides the button that pages through text there is also a button that lets you pull up the character's cell phone and you occasionally get emails from other characters in the game and it'll it'll say hey you got an email and it does the guy's ringtone and you can pull it up and and read the email and it'll maybe have two or three uh words in the email highlighted and you can select one and that has the character send a reply back um having to do with whatever the word was that you choose so you get an option of what, what reply to make a branch there. none of them so far have seemed to be consequential but there was at one point um and i i had had a i had had i had saved the game recently just before this happened so i went back and checked there is one point where the phone rang uh like like an incoming voice call and instead of hitting the button to pull up the phone immediately i i hit the next text thing and and kept going with the text and it it processed through the main character ignoring the call and not answering and then i reloaded the save and went back and actually hit the phone button and in which case he actually answered the phone and i i went a little bit ways through these two paths and they eventually they met up at the same point pretty quickly um but later there was a second voice call a little bit later which i just answered and i believe that may have been a choice point where instead of like in most of these sorts of visual novels the choice point is it pops up a thing and says do you want to go left or do you want to go right but if this is how the choice points work in this then it's it's just your phone rings and the choice is do you answer it or not and i think that's kind of interesting 
But uh, yeah, it's cool. It's it's on the Vita. It's very anime. So if you like anime or time travel, I uh, I recommend it. Or the Vita. Or the Vita. If you're looking for something to play on the Vita, which Sony has now pretty much said, yeah, we're done with that thing. <laughs> If you were playing Undertale for a while, right? I started it. I haven't uh, got back. I'm about 45 minutes through. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I've been I'm not very far. seeing a lot about that, including that it is, I believe as of this recording, it is the highest rating PC game, highest rated PC game on Metacritic. Hmm. It's, um, it's even just the little bit I saw of it like was of all very time. good. It's, it's yeah, very um, funny. And... A lot of people have been talking about this game as if it's a must-play, um, which makes me interested in it, but like, I, I really don't like JRPGs. <laughs> what is it you don't like about JRPGs? I, at this point, like, I've played enough of them that it's, it's like how I don't like shrimp because of the texture, but because... I associate the flavor of shrimp with the texture. I don't like the flavor either, even when it's like on something crunchy. Hmm. I, I think at this point, I just have kind of a pretty strong aversion to everything to do with JRPGs. <laughs> even when you can avoid all the combat? It's, that would yeah, help. It's very atypical of a JRPG. I, th I believe there's a free demo. Just check out the demo. Okay. All right. Also, the texture and flavor of shrimp are... Among the greatest of God's gifts to us. <laughs> I've heard that from shrimp, multiple people. Shrimp is and... the only seafood I like, actually. Huh. God, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? What do you Kevin, mean? do you have some terrible opinions that are wrong and bullshit about food? <laughs> uh, oh, you don't like coffee. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I don't like that, coffee, that but I like coffee-flavored things. I like, like, like a coffee ice cream. But, but coffee is... Coffee flavored, like a coffee flavored shrimp, like uh, a shrimp cocktail, but with like a coffee slurry instead of cocktail uh, sauce. <laughs> that doesn't sound well, what, delicious what about at a, all. A shrimp cocktail shrimp, but with coffee ice cream instead of cocktail sauce. Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> like a shrimp split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a real tiny, just these tiny little scoops of ice cream. <laughs> In the middle yeah, of that butterfly, shrimp, a butterfly you know. shrimp with some coffee ice cream in the middle of it. <laughs> huh? Do you have to split a banana? I feel like if I was going to make a banana split, I would just put two bananas in there and then put ice cream in between it. Like it'd be a bananas split. Hmm. Or really, not even split. Like just bananas segregated. <laughs> <laughs> Banana miscegenation. Well, ev yeah, eventually you'd get bananas to near each other. Time. Right. Why right. does no They're one put separate, separate but equal bananas? Why does no one put a banana on a hot dog bun and eat it that way? Ooh, you'd need you'd want like that. a sweetened I'm hot dog. I'm gonna go home bun. and do that. You'd right need now. like a cake hot dog bun. What about like Hawaiian roll hot dog? Bun? Ugh. What about like if you took an eclair and cut it in half like a hot dog? Oh, there you go. And put the yes. banana in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Did yeah. we just did we just invent? A food that no one has tried before? A dessert hot dog? Maybe. I'm sure that someone has oh, a food you could get like to happen. We just need the pun. You could put like strawberry and lemon sauce uh, on, yes, it, on it, like the could. ketchup and mustard. Oh. Oh. Yep. What would the relish be? Like mint jelly? Maybe. Are there like pink bananas that we could get somewhere? Pink bananas. <laughs> food coloring? Hold on, I'll show you one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> notice the nuts as well. 
Jesus. Uh, Welcome to our pool. Notice there are no nuts in it. <laughs> uh, this past week, I've been playing an iOS game uh, that is called Land Sliders. It is by an Australian team uh, that I think they are maybe either funded in part by or like friends with the Crossy Road folks. Um, it's it has a lot of the same sort of feel to it, and it uh, it it's just a sort of a, a, a collection game. You you wander around these procedurally generated levels, collecting objects. Uh, you unlock characters uh, over time. There's not a whole lot to it, but it's it's relatively fun and very cute. And uh, there's it's a bunch of compelling like meta structure to it. Yeah, and there's a going. there's a lot of little sort of nice bits to it but it also has the occasional sort of mysterious element to it Mm. um there is a like a a weird sort of summoning circle kind of stone feature on the ground that you can find every now and then and if you wait inside it this like keypad shows up with all these alien looking symbols on them and it says restricted and then you can hit them and if you hit like 10 of them it sort of buzzes as if you've entered a wrong code and then every now and then you'll run across a tablet which has some GPS coordinates on it. Uh, huh. And so uh, I actually there was there was there's some GPS coordinates in San Francisco and there's some in LA. And uh, Zach was recently driving through LA and so I asked him to go check out the coordinates and there was nothing there. Um, and the coordinates in San Francisco similarly there's nothing available, but uh, in Texas and New Zealand, two of the places, two additional places where there are coordinates, people have found USB drives. And like the, a pile of them or one? A single one. So yeah. probably so someone somebody, grabbed So somebody the, just beat us. To, well, somebody beat me to the one in LA and somebody beat whoever yeah. on the internet went to the one in San Francisco. Uh, it is my guess that the people that found them are, might not have even been involved in like playing right. the game. They yeah. just sort of randos found it and then had no idea because what's on the drive is just a single image with no explanation. It's like, and it's like a layer of a Photoshop file, right? Like it's, it seems it's like weird. a thing where when you put them all, when you put all the images together, oh man, they're gonna... they've got some redundancy built in. <laughs> <laughs> really doesn't seem like it. Um, well, I'm guessing that there are maybe 10 symbols and there are at least 15 different locations. So oh. let's hope that there's some redundancy built in. And also, I mean, if you had eight of, them. eight of them, then you could just try every combination. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. It's a little argy type thing. So cool. That's been that's been fun trying to figure that out. I was sorry to disappoint you. Oh, might have been okay. there, and I just didn't find it because I'm an idiot. I doubt it. The it was a really. It looked been... like a real geocache kind of location. Yeah. But there just wasn't. There was a piece of duct tape that was stuck to a pipe on the inside of the thing. Like something might've been taped to the pipe before, mm, uh-huh. but there was nothing on the duct tape. Was there, so was there like a box or a tin or something nope. in there? Nope. Hmm. Are you USB blind? I might be. <laughs> I have that it, thing where I try to put it in and then I have to turn USB it around. I'm holding right now. <laughs> I have to turn it around. Uh, yes. Okay, good. Okay. How about you guys? Did you guys play any video games? I played some board games. That's like a video game. I played played a new game called Splendor, which I then immediately bought. It's just a really simple uh, 
you're like, I think the theme is that you're some sort of medieval jewels merchant. Okay. Medieval oh, jewels merchant. Oh, yeah, I saw a bunch of people name. playing that and couldn't really figure out what they were doing. So there are basically these poker chips of different colors that represent, like, gems that you have to trade. And then there are cards, which represent... I don't know. Sometimes it's a boat. Sometimes it's like a man who looks shifty. Uh, it's like just sort of connections or business assets or whatever. And you will, on your turn, you can either take some gems according to certain rules or you can buy one of these cards. And then the cards have abilities. It's too generous to call it abilities. The cards have a gem on them. And then you just sort of always have that to spend. Like that becomes a supply of those. So like, if you use three red gems and three green gems to buy a card with a red gem on it, you then don't have to have that red gem to be able to spend a red gem. Okay. So it like sort of like leveling up your ability. Yeah, you're right? you're leveling up your ability to buy cards. The cards have point values, and you are trying to get to a certain number of points. And the, the you know the more valuable cards are more expensive. Um, that sounds pretty straightforward. It is, it is. And so a lot of the, like, the game itself is, like, figure, like trying to anticipate what the other people are going for. Like, when you're taking, there are only, like, eight of each color of gem in the physical versions of them. And, like, you can either take two of one color from a stack that has at least four in it, or you can take three each of one color. So you're kind of limited in your ability to just, there's also, like, wild cards that you can take, which then allows you to... uh set aside a card so that only you can buy it hmm. which is interesting it's also interesting to think about how they arrived at that in playtesting like getting a wild card was not inherently valuable enough so they had to make it so you're doing something that seems way more valuable than having a wild card the ability to lock away something yeah like the the ability to just like either cock block somebody else from buying a thing or buy yourself an arbitrary amount of time to be able to buy it. I mean, I guess then that communicates your intentions right ahead of time, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's very straightforward. Like it just, it seems like a game that it is very easy to learn how to play it and then just be playing it, which is nice. Like compared to something like say tales of the Arabian nights, which is, pretty easy to play but really overly convoluted to explain to people so like even somebody who wasn't in like even somebody who wasn't into a super complicated board game and would like that just sort of goofy storytelling thing that happens in that game is going to be so put off by the rules explanation to begin with like I like a game that is of this level of complexity where at any given point when it's when you're called upon to make a move, you have a very limited number of moves that you can make, and they're very simple and very comprehensible, but there is some deeper strategy at work. Like, it's possible to be good at it. It just seems like a the right niche, like the right level of engagement to be at, to me. You, uh, we, we played a game called Tosh Kalar, which you did not like at all. Boy, I oh, yeah, that. I played We weren't really that. playing it right yeah, I think the I think the house rule was was a poor decision. What was the house rule? Uh, so the way that Tashkalar works is it's a grid of squares, and on your turn you are placing little tokens on the board. Uh, and when you have tokens in a particular physical configuration on the board, based on some cards that you have, cards that have like 
different kinds of possible configurations. You can then cast those spells, which are little summoning spells, to summon. Usually, summon an additional token on the board. Sometimes, convert a token into like a higher order token. Um, and the the house rule that we were playing with was that you could use anybody's tokens as your own. Oh, just because for that the purpose would, of casting, for the positioning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as, long as at least huh. as, as least one was your your token, hmm. uh, which just meant that it was you, oh you could always cast yeah. all your cards basically. Um, that uh, it struck me as interesting, but it seemed to have the problem that it's just basically impossible to predict what your opponent might do on their turn. It is, but there's still strategy involved. Like you are, you like on your turn, you are trying to do things to the opponent to try to weaken their position or strengthen your own or both. Right, but you don't know what counts as a weaker position for them unless you've like memorized all the decks. Well, you just scattering their pieces so that they don't have as many near to each other, right? Like, yeah. It's impossible to know specifically what they're what they're going for or what they have what they're capable of, but I found it really interesting and and I would like to play it more. But it's a game that I don't think anybody out here would play with me. Yeah, certainly I won't. I mean, I might I might play it if we're playing the real version of it. Although it's any game where a person can spend an arbitrary amount of time making a move, and that that time will result in that being a better move is a game where you are always going to beat everyone because you have patience for that kind of thing that other people don't have. So we played, uh, the second time I played it, we played a four player game where we played teams uh, and you still, you only play with two colors and you're sort of going back and forth between your, your partner who's on the other side of the table uh, casting spells, so you don't really know what they're going to be, what they want or going to do, and you can cede part of your turn to them, where they can just place tokens down, on, like prepping for their turn, that kind of thing. Um, and that one was was nice because when people took a lot of time on their turns, the other three of us could just talk, right? So, you know, you might spend five minutes thinking through your turn, but the other th- three people had were having a nice conversation anyway. So, like. I thought that that actually worked really, really well and would recommend it. You're not supposed to talk at the table about the game anyway. So uh, when you're playing teams, because you don't want to signal intentions or capabilities or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it is important to play that w- game with people who are excited about taking a, or letting people take a long time on their turns if need be. Because it's it is the possibility space is really vast and it's hard to wrap your head around it. Play anything, Jim? Uh, did we decide whether we're going to eventually do Soma as the assignment? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know okay. if Soma is easily available to me. I think it's on Mac and Linux. Is it? Anyway, uh, I've I've been playing Soma. I guess I won't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it is week. on Mac. Um, I've well, can you talk about it in a non-spoilery way that won't interfere with our ability to sure to ruin it? For Actually, later? I, I, I posted this in the show notes last week. Um, they uh, they released uh, in 2013. Frictional released a couple of trailers for this game that were basically short films inspired by uh, SCP 
Do you guys know SAP? Yeah, no. that sort of user content database of scary objects. Yeah. yeah, it's like, imagine you're like browsing the filing system for the room at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And each individual file is a miniature horror story. Huh. Um, and some of them are really good and some of them are really dumb. Uh, because it's all like user generated stuff. Wait, is this creepy pasta? Is this it, it's very related, yes. I mean it's oh. SCP, right? So Yeah. So it's something um, creepy pasta. <laughs> it's it's secure contain protect, I think, is what it stands for. Uh-huh. Um and so these two short films, like three minutes each, are they're like supplementary videos to go along with one of these like weird object files. Um and they're both really like good, very very representative and very non-spoilery uh, of the mood and themes of um, Soma. And I, I so I, yeah, I was I didn't I was really impressed by them at the time. I like them a lot, and I'm more impressed now, like that I know how representative they are and how like how hard it is to to do marketing for a game where any information at all is a spoiler. Um, and they, I think they just like, really it nailed be it. Better to pick up a copy of it not knowing that it's a scary game. I don't know. No, I think you would want to know that going in. I think. Yeah. What do the themes and good things about this game make themselves clear later? Like, should I? Should I, was, I? I'm a quarter of the way through this game. Should I have? thought about anything or ever been scared at this point uh at that point in the game the it's mostly philosophical horror more like about the the situation that you and everyone else is in existential horror yeah um it does get more viscerally scary but it never like i'm only i'm like two-thirds of the way through probably it's never been like amnesia levels of primal terror it's all it's it's never hit those heights I don't, and it hasn't really been trying for them um i find it weird like you don't the 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 player character is very similar to the player in the sense of like you just wake up in a place that you don't know what's going on yeah. and everybody is talking to you not really shedding any light on anything yeah and the stakes aren't any higher than in any other video game ever. So it's like, oh, fuck, I'm in a place where it's dangerous and there's some catastrophe imminent that means everyone's going to die. Like, oh, so it's a video game. I I don't know, man. I, like, I'm... I, I was sold on that stuff pretty well. Like, most games don't make me feel bad for doing things when I do things in those games that are way worse than things I did in Soma and in Soma, they made me feel terrible. Like, like say unplugging a guy. Um, like that. Um, that I, if I, if we're thinking of the same situation, I interpreted that pretty differently. Um, I, I don't know. Like for me, it, it, it's just w- whatever they did to to sell me on the setting, um, and maybe it was partly that I was just really willing to be immersed in this world. Uh, it, it just I was instantly enamored with it. Hmm. 
it seems like weirdly, and I mean, maybe this is because I'm more of a sucker for like a castle than I am like sure. a space station. You know, I mean, this isn't in space. Spoilers. Spoilers. But like, <laughs> it's not in a castle. Spoilers. It's not in a castle. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. It's not, it is, it's just doing nothing for me. Like mm. two hours in, like, and I don't, I don't want that to be true. Do you think it's possible that you're dead inside? It's it is possible. I in preparation for Halloween. I feel like I should play it, but I just don't want to. Like I don't care what happens next at this point. And uh, like if I were if I were to go back and play it, it would be like out of a sense of duty to like give it a chance to do the things for me that people are saying it's doing for them because it's just totally not yeah i think at the point you're at in the game you you probably know how you're gonna feel about it unless you're like unless like a a a, a, a monster chasing you is gonna help because I mean, that happens more later it's sure and i've had that happen and i mean that's like you know you get that little visceral thing but like it this game is described by people as like oh you have to make some really difficult decisions that are gonna be different for you based on like how you feel about like the nature of consciousness and mm-hmm. stuff. And at no point has the game presented me with anything that felt like a thing that was like being communicated to me that there was a decision to be made. Like there are some interactable objects. And sometimes when you interact with one of them, it seems like maybe somebody dies or somebody screams or something, but it's not, connected to anything like there's that's connected to the moral system in your head it if you perceive the dilemma at all i mean i guess that must be the problem is that like i just <laughs> like okay when, so let's when let's the get into some, asked you to to shock the person let's get <laughs> how into some, high did you let why the no <laughs> why did the, the woman thing, murder not her like, mother it's not like here decide whether to shock this person or not it's like you're in an environment with three or four interactable objects. Right. One of them, like none of them are anything that you know what the fuck they're going to do. One of them, when you flip it, a guy starts screaming and then you turn it off and you say, oh, sorry, guy. Right. <laughs> like, but wh- like, okay. So who that cares? that particular, well, <laughs> who cares about the guy? I mean, it, I, that, that particular situation is constructed in such a way that, um, I guess I'll spoil this to some extent where like you um either need to presumably torture this guy continuously or um there is another like possible another thing with possibly long-term but ill-defined consequences that might happen if you make the other decision. I had absolutely no idea that I was being presented with a decision there. Right. Like this game is me being lost and trying to figure out which lever to flip to make it so that I can get to the next point where there's a loading hitch so that I know that I've made some progress. Right. Like I, and maybe that's it. Like maybe my problem is that I'm too stupid for this story to be told to me. Cause like there've been a bunch of places where I had either the opportunity or the requirement. I'm not sure to like, unplug some things that might have had a human consciousness inside yeah, I, them. I, I, I believe I, in some of them it's just required for you. And to I do just it. have no idea. Like I I at no point have I been offered anything that I believed was a choice. 
Right. Like, it's, as far as I knew, flipping the switch that made that guy scream was just an arbitrary yeah, like input elsewhere, that was maybe attached to a door I couldn't see. Elsewhere in that in that area, there's like a, a the computer you use to power up a different door says you need to shut down one of these two doors to give it power or something like that. Right. And you pick one. Um, and one of them is that one that makes the dude scream. And the other one is the one that has a big note on it saying, don't do this. Bad things will happen. Like you're shutting down the, the power plant for the species or whatever it is. Okay. So I think what might have happened there was that I guess a normal person would have looked at that map and understood some correspondence between that map and the space that they were moving around in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's a thing that I didn't have. Yeah. That- but what did it mean to like, there's a switch and when you turn it on, the guy's like, Oh, fuck you. This hurts. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to shut off the power to that room? Um, I am not sure. <laughs> um, wait, wait, you mean the power to the, uh, I, so there's one thing that there's like a note that says, don't shut this off. There's another one that there's a guy hooked up to yeah. who seems to just think he's a dude. Yeah. Seems fine, except he can't move. There's a switch that you can flip that makes him start screaming. Yeah. And then you turn it off. That's all the switch does is make the guy start screaming. Well, doesn't it also open the door? No. It, it doesn't it, do anything. It did no, not no, do. It that, did not. That switch is powering something. Okay. Um, and in addition to making that guy start screaming, it also like allows you to reroute power to another door that you need to open. So you have to turn on the power that shocks the guy and then shut the power off to the room? <laughs> I don't understand this puzzle or the moral dilemma that it's supposedly giving me. Yeah. Like, I, 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 like, I, <laughs> I don't think this conversation is going anywhere. Um, like, I, I, I don't have a full understanding of, the, situ- of like the, 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 the situation they present to you, and I don't like... I don't really want to go into too many details because it's it's like now I'm just I'm just describing the game in full detail, um, and I also like if if I understood like where the disconnect is happening between us, I could just like try to close that gap, but I don't. Um, I like Soma. I think it's pretty cool. Um, okay, to me it would be more interesting if. I had any like if if if, if was, I had any sense of causality. If it was communicating that stuff, to, yeah, like that's that's clearly like a, a failure on the designer's part to well, like no, I mean, make a, this stuff happen for. Well, I okay. I mean, uh, sure. Like, yes, Donald Norman would say that it was right, but like I, I don't know who that is the guy that wrote a bunch of books about design. Like he wrote <laughs> okay, the design of yeah. everyday things, which everyone should read. Um, Donald Norman believes that it's the microwave's fault that I hate the UI on a microwave. Sure. Right? Because it's not designed for a person to use. And the reason that you can tell is because I hate it and find it really confusing. <laughs> that's a that's a problem they could address with the microwave design, yeah. It is entirely possible that most people who play this game have a level of just sort of perceptual sophistication that I don't have that allows them to understand what's going on and be placed in weird moral quandaries. Whereas my moral quandary in this, it's not a moral quandary. My quandary is how do I make progress in this video game when 
I can't perceive any causal relationship between any one thing that happens and any other thing that happens. And so it doesn't matter. Like if this is a video game where you have to kill a guy to go through a door, then I guess I'll kill a guy because video games are about killing guys. And maybe that's what kind of video game this is. Like, you know, unless it's like a twine game where it's like, kill this guy or don't kill this guy. Okay, now I guess I have a choice between killing this guy and don't kill this guy. Like, I feel like the Telltale Walking Dead game gave me a lot of choices where I understood what I was deciding, right? And this, like, it's just a confusingly laid out space station. I'm curious, did you play Gone Home? Yeah. Did you feel like you knew what was going on in that game? Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. There were zero choices to make no, in that game. That's true. Like, um, there was so a this lot is, of, What I feel like, like is, is as though everybody's talking about the all the moral dilemmas and the choices that you were forced to make and gone home. And me just thinking, <laughs> I just went from place to place, like the one way that I knew how. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, well, it, but the, the, the connection I'm making here is that they both use environmental storytelling to convey the situation. Um, and for whatever reason, gone home was able to do that for you. And Soma is not. Is it because you're familiar with a house and you're not familiar with a space station? I guess. I mean, you'd think I've played a lot of video games that took place on space stations and stuff, you know? And it's like, I kind of have an idea of... No, I don't. Like, I don't know how these people got in these machines. I mean, like, all right, you go in, like, and this yeah. is like an hour into the game. Like, so, yeah. I mean, spoiler territory, whatever. I mean, we can, I can go back and edit and say, if you want, if you don't want Soma spoilers, but like, you find a, a robot that thinks it's a guy and then you find the guy's corpse down the way and it's like, oh, okay, so these, this guy's consciousness or a copy of this guy's consciousness or whatever is in this robot and then and the robot thinks it's the guy it doesn't realize that it does it's... not think it's a robot yeah i mean earlier there was a thing that when you unplug it it was like no no stop stop why are you doing this and i'm dead like uh, okay there's some other robots that are mean <laughs> i don't know if they're guys or not they're just mean there's levers that you flip and then maybe they do something like I think part of the problem is that I can't walk into a space in a, in a, in a, you know, video game space station or the world. This is really part of the problem, right? I'll walk into a room. I will go into the corner where there's a lever that opens a door. I will turn around and not know that the room is any different. Oh, yeah. you know, and this is Kevin watching me play fallout. Like I'll go into a cave with three branches to explore I will explore the left one twice, conclude that I'm done, and then leave. <laughs> is basically how I deal with 3D spaces. And I wonder if this is just... Gone Home didn't do it to me, but you know what did? Is fucking uh, Minerva's Den, right? Like, the thing oh. that those people made that I liked, but it was like, why does this game take place in a fucking maze? Like... And it's not a maze, it's just a goddamn video game environment, but to me it's a maze. And that really does point to the conclusion to me that you were able to navigate Gone Home because it's a house. And, like, houses are there, designed there are, for people to be... Yeah, there are very few navigate. loops in this house. Yeah. And you probably just avoided them. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Also, in the house, you knew when you had been somewhere because you'd left the lights on. That's true. Yeah. Mm. 
and all the all the drawers are left open. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely true. I mean, in you know, in in like a Fallout, you know, you've been there because all the containers are empty because right. you've taken all the soap. <laughs> you can leave drawers open in Soma. Hmm. Were the drawers full of Soma? Full in Soma, or did you say full of Soma? I said full of Soma. I don't. The drug. From. We're pretty close oh, to okay. Soma right now. We, that's oh, true. Right. There's a lot yes. of different Somas. That's why I was. The name of this game is. I confusing. still don't know what it means. It well, looks like an acronym, sort of, maybe. Okay. I mean, it's also like if it's all about consciousness and bodies and minds and stuff like that, it's probably meant to be evocative of somatic, right? Sure. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. Splart. So I I looked <laughs> for this game a couple of days ago, and it's I not it's on iOS. Android, so. Yeah. I'm you don't have the bathroom while device. you guys talk about this game. You know the game that this game is the most similar to in my experience is that game with the wooden triangle and the golf tees at Cracker oh, Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a it is a puzzle game. I don't <clears throat> I, it puzzle is sort of a tricky word. I mean, it's a puzzle game in the same way that Tetris is a puzzle game. Yeah, sure. so it's a, yeah. it's a rectangle and you you have one move which is to alternate between dividing the space that you tap vertically and dividing the space that you tap horizontally. Yeah. Um so the first move is always the same for everybody where they divide it right. horizontally and then, in half. It, and then it branches and then you can do the top or the bottom and that has that has a, an impact because there is gravity. Yeah. Um when you make a, when you make a rectangle of four like shaped or well, when you make sized yeah. when you make uh yes yeah, exactly when you when you make four or more when, when you make a rectangle of identically sized divisions yes yeah, so yeah. like they become like six, a scoring block with a number on them and that number is eight. the number of times you've tapped so far every time you tap that counts down when it counts down to zero, it disappears. Anything above it that can fall does fall. Any tiles with numbers on them that fall, the numbers get cut in half. Yeah. Is it the, falling the, any distance, or if they just if they fall all the way to the bottom? Falling any distance. Falling any distance cuts them in half. Yeah. <coughs> so basically, there is no, there is nothing to react to. There is nothing random. Right. That, like uh, those, those are. The same so moves broad will always result in the same yes situation. It's but because it's this this ever branching binary tree the, right, plus there, additional things. There are systemic interactions, but there are no unpredictable systemic interactions. Is my point? There's okay. never like any video game, right? Period. Mm. Ever like seriously? No, that is not true because. Video games will no, go out of their way to introduce randomness. Yeah, there's no there's fake. no randomness in this. Okay, but right. So, but most video games no. don't don't add a lot of this, add a lot of randomness, right? Like I, most video games add a tremendous amount of randomness. So, as you begin to play this more and get into it, it it definitely becomes more and more of a of a Tetris-like game, which doesn't feel the same way as what you're describing, right? Like, you know, Tetris gives you different shaped pieces each turn, and usually, I think it's usually out of a set, 
sort of a bag that they're pulling them out of or whatever. So there is a way to sort of play endless Tetris, at least in some variants of Tetris. Um, I think they proved that there wasn't. It depends on how the Tetris is set up. Right. Um, because if, if they are just pulling pieces out of a bag until the bag is depleted, then there is definitely a way to just do it in, in, infinitely. Um, but you begin to like you pl- play 10 games of this and none of them will be the same it's you're not you're not going to be able to keep a decision tree in your head and you are reacting to the state of the board and and trying to do things to change the state right like it's just be like it's weird because just because you can perceive that it's it's got no yeah no, randomness that's, that's fair Right, like that, like listening to it, so like Dog Lord's objection to it, he's like, uh, "This is dumb." There's a, there, because I know that there is an optimal solution. I don't want to play this game. Was an infuriating arg- argument to me because almost every game probably has an optimal solution, right? Like Pac-Man has. An I optimal think solution. that it is. And does that make Pac-Man no fun? No, but it is disingenuous to act like he doesn't have a point at all. Like. But he didn't even give it a chance. Like, do you do you no understand? No human is going to be able to. Do you understand it, my comparison to the Cracker Barrel peg jumping game? Sure, except for the fact that this is orders and orders of magnitude more complicated, right? Like, there is so much more going on as I mean, you play. He's this. not wrong for feeling that way, and I'm not wrong for feeling this way, right? I mean, that, that's not how feelings work. It is it is a weird sort of like nobody likes playing tic tac toe, right? That because, is categorically false. Okay, well then now we can't talk at all because now you're just now you're like <laughs> playing both sides of the fence, right? Tic tac toe is a game that almost everyone understands is unwinnable by anyone who's playing with any skill, right? It always ends in a draw with people who are playing okay but children enjoy playing it okay i enjoy playing i enjoy playing split snart to what <laughs> this game split it's, oh, i'm not okay. saying it's bad i'm saying it's weird like the whole the only reason this game is interesting is because of this characteristic that it exhibits which characteristic the absolute predictability the absolute solvability of it the the lack of any like unpredictable emergence of anything in it is like its defining feature and so it's weird to have you just say like well it's so complicated that it is effectively chaotic even though it's deterministic and i like like life. I will stand. I will stand by that. But argument. But you you are arguing that it is not a meaningful distinction because of the like complexity end game. Yes. Boy, I really disagree with you. <laughs> I don't think you gave it enough time. Like, what was your high score? I don't. I mean, I got like. 200 splits or something okay yeah you i think you you need you need to like play it until you're you're getting a higher score so that you see sort of how the game begins to form these like interesting patterns where you're settling setting up different channels trying to get blocks to to fall uh to cut them in half and stuff like that like it 
as you play, it, it branches so heavily each game, and like you're just not going to ever play the same game twice, right? And the 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 moment that you make a different the, the first moment that you make a different choice, the game become goes off on a totally different direction, right? Like there is a difference between a game where you could play the exact same game twice and one where you couldn't. That is my point, and this is one where you could. Man, this is so it's such a weird argument. There's also something weird about the game in that, like, if you go to the tutorial and let it sit there for a while, you get very strange. Yeah, did you ever figure out anything? That was the main thing that I I kept hearing about this game in the context of weird argy elements. Yeah. yeah. As as far as I know, nothing nothing has become obvious there. Like, it's possible that somebody could... You know, write a program to figure out what the the best score in the game could possibly be, and then execute that, and then maybe that unlocks something. Or I had a thought, like maybe it's possible to get the lowest possible score, right? Because that's actually pretty hard too. Um, I mean, I think like somebody show this game to Alex Martin, and he will just write a program to, to solve. solve it. Yeah, maybe. But in the in the sort of middle ground there, there there is a it it really does become a fun sort of Tetris style game where you are reacting to board state, yeah, a board state that you created a hundred percent, but it doesn't feel that way because so many things have happened that you weren't controlling for. There there become there are you know, millions of variables in this equation that you're you're now trying to balance, right? I mean, I think the reason that, like, say, chess doesn't feel this way, even though it is, like, similarly, like, incalculably complex despite being deterministic, Mm -hmm. is that there is another person involved as opposed to just a deterministic set of rules. Sure. Right? Like, if you were playing chess against a fixed AI... I think obviously would be solvable. You're playing this against your past self, and you don't know what that person did because you can't remember anything <laughs> well okay what uh what's our next assignment gonna be oh we're gonna play the new uh the new game by the stanley parableman the one who didn't shit in our shower true <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so it's not technically the stanley parable developers it's just like the one guy one of the two guys that made the, the, the main guy um, yeah it's called The Beginner's Guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it comes out, assuming the October show comes 1st. out Thursday, the game also comes out today. Okay. And I know nothing about it, and I think that's the right way to go into it. Yeah. All yeah. the all the review sites, all the people that have seen preview footage have all been sworn to secrecy until it comes out, which is interesting. Hmm. What's if, this story about someone's shitting in your shower? <laughs> I don't actually a, remember. That's a more interesting. Oh, okay. Then. I don't remember just, what he actually just, did. He it, was he was causing trouble. He was he, he was, just got very drunk. Oh, oh, metaphorically shit in your shower. No, no. <laughs> I like not not literally. He was in the shower doing some property damage. I don't know if it was actually shit or what, but it was a waffle stomp situation. But you don't know what he was stomping. 
Yeah, or whose foot he was using. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim, gross. Gross, Jim, gross. Oh, yeah, I'm the gross one. Yeah. Just blame it on me. Uh, if Davey did give us an upper decker, though. It was... <laughs> yeah. Does the toilet here even have a tank? I have no idea. I don't remember if we have the kind of toilet that's just connected straight to the wall. It, if it is, like... It was a really elaborate. Like he had to get the fire department to come open a standpipe so he could give us an upper decker. It was significant effort. If this game is commercially and/or critically successful, it will be one of the only examples I could think of of one of the indie success success stories going on to be successful again. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, Ed McMillan has definitely done it multiple times, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jonathan Blow. Jonathan uh, Blow might is, if the witness does not going to ship it. What about Yeah, we have a release date. Door. The Rogue Legacy folks. Did they make anything that sold before Rogue Legacy? I'm not aware. Mm, not I mean, they I'm made stuff of. that they, we liked. Like, yeah, that, don't shit Okay, your don't shit your pants and Rogue Legacy is an excellent one-two punch. But the, I, well, I'm not <laughs> sure. That, what's funny is the two came stuff. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, remember when we proposed one-two punch yep. as a mixture of pee and poop? <laughs> oh, delicious. Well, we, we, what we did Serve was, it at the wedding. We made a, we made a lemon-based punch and uh, tried to float baby Ruth's in it, but they, they don't float. <laughs> so it was just a punch bowl with a bunch of ca- candy bars at the bottom. I think you need like a Clark bar. You need something less dense. Well, I, I realize that now, but at the time, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah. We we actually served this at a party, by the way, at our at our lemon party. Um, for it, yeah. All right, guys. Um, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listeners' mail to the listeners' mail segment that we have done in all 216 episodes of Video <laughs> Games Hot Dog up until now, uh, how would they do it? Well, they would go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and fill out uh, the form that is active there. And that's it. Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again in a week, and I bet we will. And listeners, I bet you'll join us. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. And if you do, (laughs) keep your head in the microwave and keep worshipping the thermostat. Good night, everybody. Praise the sun. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Mahalo. Okay. Agar? Yeah. Agar? How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Ajar? When is a Petri dish not a Petri dish? When it's Agar. When it's Agar. Agar the Orable. Guys, there's a joke in here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> if, we just, if we just leave it in there yeah, just and leave come back it, tomorrow. Leave it out and maybe the joke will grow. There you go. You found it. <laughs> you guys. Ah, I knew you'd come through. <laughs>